talk about wealth of knowledge. You, you bring it all together. Put the work in now to get yourself structured and organized and documented. We need to grow this top, top line. There is no one size fits all for this industry. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Restoration Masterclass on Profitability. Today, I am excited to be joined by Paul Donald, who is the CEO of Encircle, and Encircle, coincidentally, is the sponsor of this podcast throughout the entire year of 2023, which is very exciting to partner with them. They care a lot about profitability. They have their own masterclass with Chris Rosnowski talking about profitability. It's something that they really care about. I I always appreciate how much Encircle does to educate the industry in general. So Paul, thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to have you just kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background in the industry. Sure. Well, first of all, Michelle, thank you for putting on this podcast and inviting me to be a part of it. Uh, we do care about this industry. Without Restorers, our local communities wouldn't survive or flourish uh, after storms or even just after natural events that happen, fires, floods. Um, we need to keep our communities moving forward. And so this community is just, it, it's indispensable and hardworking and uh, we're committed to uh, servicing them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So share background of Encircle. How long has Encircle been around? Um, technology has evolved so much over the years in restoration, of course. I remember the paper monster being a thing when I first joined the industry. So tell me a little yeah. bit more about the background of Encircle. Sure. Well, we started off knowing that there was a problem across the, the property claims ecosystem where everybody was talking past each other. It's actually a very complex industry, uh, yep. which hopefully I get a chance to describe my view of the complexities. Uh, but you've got a policyholder, a restorer, a adjuster, you know, field adjuster, desk adjuster, reviewer, maybe a managed repair network in between. And the policyholder and the contractor are on site can see what's happening, but neither are always adept from knowledge or skill level at transferring that knowledge upstream to all the other parties that care and that are bound by a contract yep. that they have to comply with. And so think about it as a uh, an accountant and you're handing in your taxes and you expect a you know money back on your taxes but you're not going to get it unless you have all of the facts to back it up because your accountant's never going to put their, uh, their their accounting license on the line. And so you either provide all of the information and you get your tax credit or you don't and you don't get a tax credit. Well, that's kind of the way it is with restorers. And, uh, and it's a tough industry with a lot of liability. So we started out back uh, almost 11 years ago to you know service this industry and create transparency and trust across the whole uh, ecosystem with uh, photos, videos, notes, and fact-based information that you could substantiate, time stamps, uh, who took the photos, who added the note, where they added it, all of that information. And it's just you know constantly evolving. It's hard uh, to build technology uh, on mobile, which so many uh, of the vendors in this industry have uh, have learned. And I came out of BlackBerry for a decade, so had a really good background in mobile technology as well as data replication over this thing called the internet, which everybody thinks is always on, always connected, but not always. So yeah, 10 years ago, we sought to uh, service that. We started with the policyholder uh, with a free home inventory uh, app and then moved to the restore, which we've been really focused on for, for a decade. And hopefully it shows with our knowledge and the training we deliver. 
Yes, for sure. Okay. So when you think about the technology piece of restoration, how have you seen contractors that you've worked closely with that use InCircle or other technology, how have you seen that change their ability to be profitable as a restoration company? You kind of hinted on it in overcoming some of the complexities, but go ahead. Yeah. Number one, uh, they become more comfortable with technology and believe it or not, even so much so with uh, COVID and all of us using Zoom and remote technologies and, and people just being forced to change. Um, so really it's that propensity to embrace technology that has increased. I think in today's day and age, like our company probably uses 120 plus different software platforms in our business, but on average, I think it's over 50 now that uh, uh, restorers and others would use, which means they're just comfortable with multiple systems and how they integrate, interoperate. So they're their capacity for learning them has yep. gone up substantially and the resistance has gone down. So we've seen their understanding and their ability to communicate challenges uh, to us uh, become more clear. And that makes it easier for us to act on it. Do we need to build something, uh, develop a piece of technology or integrate with another partner? And one of the things I'm passionate about is we need an open ecosystem among suppliers and vendors uh, for this industry, both on the hardware side, which most of them have a software component to the hardware that helps it work more efficiently. And then the software providers like uh, Encircle and others that do uh, job management, accounting, field documentation, and the list goes on. Uh, because there is no one size fits all for this industry. It's so complex. It is. Uh, so what do you tell restorers who are like, we're still using paper files. I don't even know where to start start, what what steps should they take to at least, let's get your toe in the water here and start moving into using technology? Yeah, one of the biggest things, and, and maybe it's because, uh, you know, I found it in Circle and I've been passionate about field documentation, but really the rubber meets the road at the documentation. If you can't document the job properly, you're not going to get paid in full. And the amount of arguing and back and forth inefficiency is, is going gonna, is gonna to kill you as, you as you try and grow your business. So try and digitize the data uh, uh, management at the field level. So getting your authorizations, forms, signs, man, right up front, most important thing, get a legal document that says they're going to pay you for your work. That, that's the biggest mistake that I continue to see over and over and over again. Then it's document what you're doing. And I'll tell you, video scope is so critical because with a video scope, not only do you have the visuals, but there's the voiceover, which adds credibility. I can find that person because I know the voice and I've got a timestamp. I know the place where they're, they're videoing and telling me what went wrong, whether it's the uh, compliance manager at the rest restorer, whether it's the owner, whether it's a reviewer or an adjuster, is telling a similar story that the rest of the uh, uh, report ties into. So what role does documentation play in profitability overall? Having good documentation can really cut down on the time it takes to get paid, get claims done, mm -hmm. all of that, right? Yeah, just even starting with the restoration uh, contractor, um, and in, in CAT situations, because we're seeing this in the aftermath of Fiona and Ian, is restorers, and, and, and this really pains me, taking six to eight weeks just to put an invoice in because it takes them that long to cobble the data together to create the invoice to send it in. That data should be there every day 
capturing the information and it should just be in a system like in circle where you can generate a report and whether if you can't do it internally work with a third-party estimator send it to them so that they can go hey this piece of information is missing or isn't see uh, contractors restorers need to uh, manage the day-to-day -day operations of their business and and these software platforms are designed to help you be more granular on the management of your business. And I think that's just a huge value add. That field documentation is just helping you manage uh, the operations in your business to weed out inefficiencies and ensure that you can compile that data with a click of a button and you can write the invoice or a third party can do it for you. But the biggest thing on profitability, get a complete invoice done ASAP with all of the backup data. And it shouldn't take weeks and months. That's killing contractors right now. So I know another thing that you're passionate about is communication and having open dialogue between the carriers or the TPAs or the the, what, the clients, whoever it may be. So how can technology also help improve communication between all of the parties that are involved? It's not just putting stuff into software. It is Technology can be used for so much more than that. Absolutely. And but that the communication piece, uh, you can do it through documents, so digital documents, which we're seeing today. My vision is that all of the core systems, we all talk to each other and we pass that data on seamlessly. So no matter because everybody's got their primary screen that they look at when they come to work every day and then before they leave, they check it again. We need to make sure that that information is right there and readily available for them to make decisions so that you know, if it's a reviewer, they're not holding up the contractor. If it's an adjuster, they can ask, they, they can review the uh, the video and say, yes, we're that's the process we want to follow to mitigate this loss or rebuild it. We need to get faster turnaround times on decisions. And you can only do that with transparency, which I hope sooner rather than later, we move from sending around PDF documents and uploading photos to a real-time data transfer that pops into whatever dashboard each constituent's working in doesn't have to be in circle, doesn't have to be any of the other brands, as long as we're all feeding it together with a, a level of security and compliance uh, that you need. It can't be a free for all, but there are standards that, that govern other industries. They figured it out a decade ago. I think we're ready to do it now. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Look, put, looking into your crystal ball, you've been in the industry for a while and you understand technology very well. Looking into a crystal ball, what do you think is on the horizon for the industry in maybe the next, we'll say three to five years? I won't make you go 10 years down the road because who knows? And there could be another, I hope not COVID or whatever. There's just so many unknowns in the world. But what do you think three to five years, what are we looking at? What does restore tech look like in sure tech, that world? Yeah. Restorers will definitely be more important in five to 10 years than they are today. Sorry, homes will not be mitigated and rebuilt with 3D printers. That is a false number. Uh, so we need to support this industry with everything we've got. We need to speed up innovation. I believe it's going to be there. Uh, we need to uh, uh, educate insurance companies that mandating technology to be used at the field level is bad for innovation and bad for efficiency for restorers. We need competition. We need three or four in circles that are world-class at this to really speed up uh, innovation because nothing makes us uh, innovate faster than competition. And restorers need choice, whether you're doing commercial, whether you're a huge restoration company, a banner group, 
there's so many different needs out there. So uh, I, uh, my view is we're going to see companies innovate because over the past 10 years, I think the industry has realized that you can't be all things to everybody because you'll be nothing to, to, to everybody. It's, it's, you always get relegated to your lowest common denominator when you're servicing your client. Yep. Uh, and so we've got to focus on our world-class capabilities and then integrate. And I think this uh, industry will be well-served. So for restorers, um, it's really important that they just don't wing it with technology. They have to think through what is the process So who are my customers and what are the requirements I need to meet? What are the processes or processes? Sorry, I'm in Canada. So also, right. I'm talking to a U.S. person. So process. <laughs> So when, you know, work out the process process, and then test technologies that can meet that process and be really clear on that and then train it with your people. Um, one of the biggest uh, problems that I've seen both on the hardware and software side is if you don't invest in the best technology, you actually signal to your people in the field that the best doesn't matter. Good enough will work. And good enough is never great, never will be great. And unfortunately, in this industry, it opens up you up to a lot of liabilities. Mm -hmm. um, the complexity in this industry is there's a bunch of losses, potentially hundreds of losses and a cat thrown at you. And you're expected to make split decisions and send the resources that you have immediately, regardless of their skill level, to address it and go as fast as you can. And then somebody on the back end has a nice clean office and gets to review and critique your decisions that you made in split decisions and decide whether you get paid or not and how much you get paid. Is that not crazy, Michelle? It is crazy. Yes. The pressure and, put and, on restorers and the responsibility is a lot. Yes. Liabilities are huge. So restorers, if they're not running profitable businesses, they can't help their community. So we need them to be profitable and the way to do that is with technology partners to work together to make sure that we're building technology that, that facilitates a workflow and workflows that our restorers need to follow and that feel natural for them. Stop these unnatural acts. I just watched, I, I was in Naples last week visiting with our customers and listening to the unnatural acts that uh, different software systems are putting them through. If you're on multiple managed repair networks, you've got those systems. Yep. You've got CoreLogic, Exact. You've Maybe you've got uh, PSA. You've got Encircle. Those systems all need to talk to each other. So you've got one entry point that shares across them. And I believe, sorry, here's the prediction. It will happen within the next five years. All right, Paul, anything else that you think that we should talk about? Anything else you want to share related to technology, profitability, or anything not related to that, I suppose? Well, you know what? Restorers, technology can't be an afterthought. It's got to be part of your core planning. You are, We're living in a world of constant change. And the only way to stay abreast of that now is with technology. Your employees will understand that and will embrace it if you choose wisely. Work with, uh, I, I'm, I talk with contractors all the time and I'm happy to sit down, understand their needs, the process, processes, process, process, process that process. they will follow and how we get them there. It will take a team uh, of companies to, to solve this problem, but uh, we're committed to it. And I know that there's dozens of other companies that are committed to it as well. Yes. 
Perfect. Well, Paul, thank you very much for your time and your expertise. Thank you for all that you and your team do for the industry as well. I look forward to seeing you at trade shows and events throughout the year. Thank you.